Hello, it's Kurt Emlazer here. I just want to address some stuff before the podcast starts. I want to apologize for the audio on Kanubis' side. It cracks during the entire length of the podcast, and despite my best effort, I couldn't get rid of it. I'm sorry. I also want to say that this podcast was recorded at the end of summer in 2019. However, because I misplaced the flash drive it was on, I was only now able to finally finish editing it. So here's a late YouTube history podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, welcome to the YouTube History Podcast. My name, as always, is M. Laser, and today my guest is Kanubis. He has a he has a channel called Kanubis on YouTube as well. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Oh, okay. Hi, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm Kanubis. Uh, my real name is Willie, but I run a channel called Kanubis, and people just call me that. Uh, my channel is just about uh, kind of about history, but. Uh, more or less about this kind of general social studies, like just kind of like how the world works, things like geopolitics and stuff like that. Yeah, so basically there's uh, there's lots of videos that aren't necessarily history, but they delve into history in a way. So when you talk about like places, you talk about their history in, in a certain way. Or uh, like when you uh, the national anthem video that that had history in it, so yeah, yeah. So basically, like not necessarily about history, but about yeah. topics where history is very important and thus should really be discussed. Yes, yes, basically. But in general, it's a social studies channel, and uh, I guess we uh, might as well jump right into uh, the questioning of uh, our guest. I'm going to call you Kanubis just because it's easier yeah. for me that way. And uh, uh, the first question uh, would be, uh, where are you from? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm originally from uh, like the D.C. area, around Washington, D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. I was born just outside D.C., so everyone in D.C. will, well, who was born in D.C. will say I'm not from there. But everyone, you know, I was born in Maryland, actually, but... Uh, everyone who was born in Maryland will also say I'm, you know, I'm basically from D.C. So everyone in that area hates me. So, uh, <laughs> but then uh, when I was eight, you know, I grew up in, you know, from then on, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, on the west coast, and uh, I just recently moved to uh, Ber- uh, Berlin, Germany. Okay, uh, how how did that work? Did you know German beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is actually my fourth time here in Berlin, so I like to think I know the city uh, by now. Okay, and uh, how did you learn German? Was it like a gradual process of you just going to school, having taking classes, doing online stuff? It was, or... yeah, it's been kind of a gradual process, um, mostly online stuff. I've taken a few mm-hmm. uh, German classes uh, here in Berlin and a uh, couple to some extent back in Portland, but it's mostly been... Uh, online with Duolingo and Memrise. I keep a daily streak on both apps. So <laughs> That's good. Always when I try to learn uh, another language on my own, it just never works out well. For me, I need someone to yell at me to actually like do it. So I need a teacher to be like, do your homework. I'm like, okay, okay. Because yeah. or else I'm not going to do it. You know, you know, something I do actually is... Uh, Every night at about like 10 o'clock at night, I have an alarm on my phone just to remind me uh, to go on these websites and uh, oh. do a certain amount. 
and so that, that you know that's kind of my coach okay that's kind of the, the the person that yells at you like come on you gotta do this yeah the first question i usually pose to people is why would you start a youtube channel what was the idea before like for you to be like you know what i want to start a youtube channel oh man uh kind of a complicated answer for me um because i oh great I, <laughs> those are the best yeah <laughs> because they they take the most time <laughs> um well yeah so I, i actually started my channel way back in 2009 uh and Ooh. so uh wow okay you know as when i was a kid i was you know i got really into uh playmobil toys and uh so i saw that a lot of people had made like little movies out of them like little stop motion movies So I thought, like, you know, okay, that would be that would be a really fun thing to do. So I just, you know, decided to, you know, just up and try it. And uh, did that for a few years. And then, uh, you know, when I was a uh, bigger, somewhat less stupid kid, I uh, found the YouTube education scene. Uh, I found channels like, uh, you know, I, I, I found channels like actually like Vsauce and Veritasium and Metaphysics. And so I decided to uh, try videos like that. So my first video of that was actually a class project uh, for a science class, actually. Uh, it was supposed to be, you know, we all had, uh, we are all assigned a specific element to make a project about. So I made a video and I thought, you know, that was pretty fun. So I decided to make some more videos kind of What about... What was the element? It was uh, platinum. Oh, okay. So I delved into, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, the atomic numbers and all that, but also, uh, like, I actually, you know, 12-year-old me actually delved into some of the history and culture and economics behind platinum, uh, like where platinum is found <laughs> and why platinum was never really used as yeah. currency and things like that. So, you know, I guess, you know, back then, uh, my goals for the channel were to be more like, you know, one of the science channels because you know most of the channels on the youtube edu mm -hmm. scene are science based and i myself am of course yeah. a long time fan of science and space flight and all that uh but yeah i guess over time it kind of morphed into social studies because well those you know i can think of more ideas for social studies videos and also uh as someone who is like deeply math phobic that's kind of more friendly to me yep yeah <laughs> same uh uh anything that involves kind of like above algebra math i'm like my brain just shuts down yeah yeah pretty much i'm i'm still able to land spacecrafts and other planets in kerbal space program though so we're all good uh -oh. <laughs> that's that's like calculus isn't it basically you would use yeah. calculus for that it, it's like so. it's like uh it's like just uh physical calculus uh like you just learn by dealing but without the numbers yeah yeah basically blow up some spaceships figure out like oh yeah that's not the way to do it <laughs> yeah yeah just uh blow up a spaceship on the launch pad like oh that's what the square square root of i means <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh since you were always interested in stem uh or in the sciences you said uh and then went into social studies kind of it, just through making videos you ended up doing more social studies stuff is there 
any uh, background you have in STEM or social studies? Like, did you go to college and study uh, social studies or something? Um, well, uh, I'm actually uh, way younger than I look or sound. Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually okay. 19 years old. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I haven't been through university, haven't even started. I'm actually going to kind of push that off for a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I've all, I've just kind of always been into uh, like really two things, like uh, just space flight and world cultures. Uh, so like those are like just those two interests, and just kind of everything branching off from there. I see. Okay. And is that kind of the reason why you wanted to move to Berlin? Because you just like explore, exploring different cultures, and you're like, oh yeah, that will be fun. That that is actually like a large part of the reason. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, Berlin has like is very much very central in a lot of cultures. Uh, like you know, it's like you know the east meets east meets west kind of place. Uh, uh, is immigrants yeah. from all over Europe and all over the world. And it's not as expensive as London. Yeah. No. <laughs> so it's great, but uh, yeah. Uh, with the age thing, uh, you look and sound like 28. At least that's what I thought you were. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, everyone thinks that. <laughs> Everyone's always surprised. It's like, oh. At, th- at this point, you know, at this point, uh, someone asks me, uh, like, how old I am. I basically just uh, ask them, okay, how old do you think I am? <laughs> They're like, 40. Yeah. Like, okay, that's my age. <laughs> like, Sure, like, you know, you know, whenever I'm back in America, I, I should have, you know, I, I'm someone who likes to abide by the rules, but, you know, I should probably yeah. try it, like, with a nightclub bouncer, just to... <laughs> yeah. You, basically, you don't have necessarily a professional background, you said you will uh, pull off, uh, well, you'll wait for going to university and stuff like that, so are you currently just completely focused on YouTube, or are you doing any kind of work outside of that? Um, well... I'm looking for work, uh, okay. uh, you know, just so I can like get a residence permit and all that. Uh, but my yes. real goal is to be able to live full time off of YouTube. So yes. uh, isn't that all of us? Yeah. The real goal. So the real goal is off of YouTube, living fully off of YouTube. But for now, I'm guessing that's not uh, possible. Um, well, so. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm actually yeah. Like, you know, through AdSense, I'm kind kind of, like, just about halfway there. Uh, but I'm also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just about to start doing sponsorships, actually. Have you done any yet? Not yet, but the video I'm working on that'll come out this Sunday will be my first ever sponsored video. Oh, that's exciting. That's, that's always great when you can get a sponsor uh, on a video. And... Like, at least, like, know how it works with those sponsors. Yeah. Just the whole process and stuff like that. So uh, that's always always good to try to get into it and see how the process works. So in the future, you can, I don't know, be better at dealing with them or negotiating and etc. Yeah, yeah. You said you're looking for a job. Is there anything, like, is there a specific field you would like to be working in? I'm not saying you you will get into it or it's not something you are necessarily even looking at because you know you wouldn't get into it but if you could get into it is there any specific field you would be like i would be cool working there 
really just uh you know if we're talking like pie in the sky kind of uh dreams uh, yeah you know I, I would really like to uh get into you know besides youtube i would i guess i would like to go into anything where my youtube experience is kind of applicable so like education mm-hmm. or uh you know like technical stuff like editing and stuff like that oh okay Wow, do you live right next to a hospital? Must, apparently. I think apparently all of Berlin lives next to a hospital. <laughs> it's just, yeah. If, I, if you... That's my, not happen often. Yeah, I'm I'm living in a like a shared residence, uh, yeah. Wohnungsgemeinschaft. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. unfortunately, my room is like right on a busy street. It's So it's wonders <laughs> to sleep through. It must be... It must be, well, sleep through, but it must be really fun trying to record the audio for your video. Yeah, uh, I actually just uh, put a blanket over myself and actually it'll be fine. I'm not doing it right now because, oh, okay. it, because it's August and air That would be really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, air conditioning is not a thing in Europe, that, so. Sadly, it's it's very sad. We should We should bring it. That's like one of the good things that Americans do. They just put air conditioning everywhere. <laughs> Not terribly good for the environment, helps. but yeah, it does help. No, 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 but like it, it helps just your personal, your personal, just being like better off. Yeah, not your feeling personal really well-being, hot, especially during this summer. Yeah, yeah, this summer was ridiculous. Continue on from there. I, I thought because you said you like STEM and stuff, I thought you're gonna go with like really high up there job, something like work in CERN or something. Yeah. Oh, well, was, I'm going to go, like, like really high up there, you know, uh, one of my lifelong <laughs> dreams is to go to space and be an astronaut, so if oh, we're going there that you high, go. then yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so if, if we were going that high, it would be a, being an astronaut, astronaut. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that a lot of people share. That's kind of like the, I want to say generic because that sounds bad, but it's like the generic kind of like goal yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, be an astronaut because it just sounds cool. Like you get to be on a rocket ship, <laughs> get to float in space, get to float in space, get to look at Africa. Don't, don't mind the fact. Yeah, <laughs> get to look at Africa <laughs> out the window, and then like three minutes later, look at Southeast Asia, and actually like see it in their actual size. Be like, ah, it's much bigger than I thought it would. Stupid Mercadian. Wow, Africa is actually not the size of Greenland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, Greenland's really small. Well, Greenland's actually not the size of Africa. They're actually more like the size of, well, Greenland. <laughs> well, Greenland. Like Australia, is it? Or is Australia still bigger? I don't know. No, Australia's much bigger. Oh, there you go. The video topic. <laughs> Which one's bigger, Greenland or Australia? It would be like a 20-second video. Like, it's it's Australia, obviously. Look at it, right here. Yeah. <laughs> End the video. Yeah. <laughs> 200,000 views. <laughs> Population-wise, uh, certainly. I mean, Greenland has 50,000 people, and, you know, I went to, uh, you know, when I you know when I was in Sydney, I probably saw more people than that. Does Greenland have only 15,000 people? 50, yeah. 50, okay, 50, I heard 15. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's 50,000. Oh, I can, I can see that. 50 is okay, yeah. And most of them are, like, in two cities or one. Yeah, like, basically like just Nook and a couple other cities. 
well, cities. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing the quotation sign with my hands. Cities. Cities that could <laughs> barely fill up an average American college football stadium. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Same thing with, like, Iceland. Iceland's, like, the entire population is just in Reykjavik or around Reykjavik. Yeah. This is kind of yeah. kind of true with, like, even bigger places, though. Like, uh, you know, like South Korea, uh, you know, they're kind of spread out, but... Uh, they're, they have a population of like 50 million, uh, 25 million of which live in the Seoul metro area. Really? Wow. Yeah. That That's crazy. Didn't know that. I thought it was like more spread out. Because I know, I know, for example, in Japan that Tokyo is huge. And like the metropolitan area of Tokyo is just ridiculous. Yeah. But, but I know it's like kind of spread out because they have Kyoto is also pretty big. Osaka. So it's not like it's just that one city. Yeah, yeah. It's... And I thought Korea was going to be the same. But I guess I don't know any other big city in Korea. No offense to Korean viewers. Yeah. I just know the so- I just know Seoul. Yeah. Well, there's Busan, but yeah. Uh, like, I've maybe, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just don't know that, that much about Korean geography. And now, now I'm interested to think about like, countries where that's true, where a much, at least like majority of the population lives in the metropolitan area of of, in one metropolitan area yeah yeah that is pretty interesting because it's like you know at that point it's basically a city state but with a lot more land around it yeah pretty much europeans european countries don't really have this they're kind of spread out yeah but outside of iceland i guess yeah yeah i know i know mexico like it's not necessarily mexico city but i know like just a large portion of Mexico's population is like in around the Mexico City area. Yeah. Like from Veracruz to Mexico City to like Acapulco. Like in that area of between the Atlantic and Pacific is like seventy percent of the population of Mexico or something. Yeah, yeah. I know American states have this. Well, I know well, well you know, yeah. Like New York is just New York City. Pretty much. Well you have Buffalo, I guess. Yeah. That's basically but, just Niagara Falls. <laughs> Stereotyping it. <Yeah. laughs> <Every city. laughs> uh, Buffalo's just Niagara Falls. New York's just New York City. Massachusetts is just Boston, but that's not that big of a state, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are, yeah, there are a lot of states like that. Um, Oregon's basically like just Portland and a couple other places. British Columbia and Canada, basically just Vancouver and Victoria on Vancouver Island. Oh, British Columbia? I guess because it's just all mountains after that. It's yeah. Just, yeah, I think... You go anywhere and you have to, like, go for a mountain. Yeah. I think, you know, I think looking for this would probably have more luck... Well, like, we'll probably have more luck looking in Canada. I mean, I mean, I mean, what is there in Saskatchewan other than Regina? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's, it's in Isn't the prairies. Sus- sus- it's in the prairies. Okay. Like, the dead middle of Canada. Saskatchewan. Oh, I see it. I'm, I have my map open right now. There's like nothing. There's not a single city I know uh, in Saskatchewan. It, like I have heard it, of it's, Winnipeg. It's the, Canadian, but that's in... it's the Canadian Kansas, basically. Oh, okay. So there's like nothing. There's Saskatoon. I heard of that at oh, some yeah. point, I think. Sounds sounds familiar. Yeah. But that's about it. Oh, I thought like Calgary was in Saskatchewan, but no, it's all in Alberta. Calgary yeah. and Edmonton. 
Yeah, like two, those are those are in Alberta. Edmonton's so freaking far north. How do those people survive there? Like, come on. Yeah, no kidding. It must be like some climate uh, climate stuff going on. Uh, like same reason, you know, it's some, uh, you know, it's so relatively warm here in Europe. Yeah, compared to like how north we are, it's like what why it's like with Iceland, same thing. Iceland, thanks to the uh, Gulf Stream, is it or whatever yeah, the it's Gulf called. Stream. It, like it if without it it would be just under snow the entire year round but thanks to it, it the snow actually melts in the low area so so it literally be iceland <laughs> it's literally called iceland yeah well the story goes well it's in my video i'm not gonna tell you if you want the story why it's called iceland go watch my icelandic history video anyways let's continue with your questioning so we talked about your channel we talked about your kind of professional background i i guess uh another question you said you've been to berlin a lot of times like did you did you finish school in america did you get one to high school in the u.s yeah and everything yeah i did uh all of high school in the u.s i guess since you said you started your channel really early on you basically worked on your channel throughout high school yeah like middle and high school basically just going going around doing videos and did you did you uh, did you sometimes think well i guess let's say it this way have you ever gotten inspired by a video like you you did a topic in school and you're like ha huh, this could actually be like a helpful video to someone if i like make a video on this because like somebody may have come across it in school as well and would like to learn this or stuff like that yeah well you know, I, I've done uh, quite a few videos for school projects, but, okay. you know, I think kind of in that regard, uh, you know, I guess part of the reason I uh, I like to do, vid do videos like this is because, like, it really helps you uh, learn about these things. Because, you know, kind of what I found mm -hmm. is that the best way to kind of, uh, you know, really truly grasp a subject is to uh try to teach it to others yes yeah definitely so just gather the information and like think about what you think they would need to know do you do you sometimes end up falling into i i do this a lot and i know i have a problem with it uh, i oftentimes end up falling into the fact that uh i either overestimate or underestimate the amount of things the viewer knows so sometimes I go into detail about things that I just didn't have to. And I even get comments about it like, oh, that, that was obvious. Like, you didn't have to explain that. And other times I just skim over things where people are like, wait, what was that? What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. And, and it's hard to, like, gauge what to explain and what not to sometimes. Yeah, yeah. This, this happens to me quite a bit as well. Um, like, you know, if you just look at the comments of my recent moon landing video then mm -hmm. like yeah it's basically just uh full of like you know it was about the geopolitics behind uh the apollo program and how you know we didn't land on the moon just through some altruistic scientific goal it was really to beat the soviets and you know basically yeah. all the comments were like yeah but we already knew this so yeah, sometimes it's it's hard to gauge, and I guess I I want uh, I mentioned this also for the listener uh, when you if you want to make videos and stuff like that, 
I guess invest more time into trying to figure out what actually like people know what is the general knowledge and what you should have to explain because it's sometimes really hard to figure out one or the other and I don't think I even have a good uh, like recommendations on how to do that I'm trying to think like what would be a good way of trying to gauge that uh, maybe like ask around have like a Twitter poll that could definitely help actually a Twitter poll or in your YouTube communication tab be like hey do you know what's X and then yeah. see how many people respond yeah I actually did do that uh, a couple weeks ago about uh you know, for my most recent video, uh, which is about mm. Mercosur, the, uh, you know, which is trade block in South America. But I actually put out, you know, polls yeah. on Twitter and my Instagram stories, uh, asking people if, you know, if they had heard about Mercosur. And most of them said no. So I was like, okay, perfect video. Also, I guess my other question would be, how do you pick topics? Do you pick topics like, oh, this interests me, so I'm going to learn about it and then make a video about it? Or do you pick topics more of like, oh, this would be a video that will do well? Um, kind of a little bit of both. Um, okay. I think, like, you know, there's definitely, like, you know, when you, when you, when you decide on a video, a video topic, you definitely have to keep three things in mind. First, is it interesting to you? Second, do you think it will be interesting to, like, you know, your subscribers and the algorithm and all that? And third, is it something you can do? Uh, so yes, uh, like, that's a good one. Yeah. So if uh, if it's something you can do, then you know, obviously, the video is going to actually exist. Uh, if it's something your audience is interested in. You know that can be promoted by the algorithm, and uh, you can get all those uh, all those sweet sweet views off of it. Uh, <laughs> and of course, if it's interesting to you, then you'll be able to write a good, compelling script. You'll be able to sound quite enthusiastic about the topic, and yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, I thought about this also in a way that sometimes I pick a topic which I think is interesting but I know nothing about and uh, I have to go through a long process of actually like getting the books uh, finding the research material and just researching about the topic and through that process I uh, through that process the the thing that keeps me going through that process because sometimes it can be very boring is the fact that I actually picked the topic because I wanted to do a video about it and I wanted to learn more about it and a couple of times I picked a to topic purely because I thought it was just going to be a good video. And sometimes that ended up being true, but I found it was much harder to actually be like, okay, let's finish this video. Or like, okay, I, I got to find some more facts on this. Because I didn't have that personal interest in it. I was just like, I'm just doing this because I think it's going to do well. And uh, if you're trying to do videos on YouTube, you definitely... I think you need both. You definitely need to think about videos in a way that they're gonna, they're you're hoping they're gonna do well or know they're gonna do well because you want this to be your job and therefore you want to make money and therefore you need to think about videos that will do well.
but at the same time i feel like you have to find that balance as you talked about like it it should also interest you because if it doesn't then you probably won't even end up that good of a you won't end up doing that good of a job on the video uh, also yeah yeah exactly uh so yeah yeah well something i you know for all my video topics uh you know one thing i actually do is uh whenever i just think of one just randomly i immediately go to a special google docs file that i have set up and i write it uh down i write it straight down uh and uh you know just so i can keep it for a later date and uh so then when it's time for me to assign a new video to a new week i then uh i might do something like you know one thing i do very often is i go into uh, my discord server and go around asking everyone uh, what they would think of a certain video topic Hmm. yeah that's, and that's also a great way to gauge uh, the audience and see like what they think of stuff yeah i also wanted to say that did you ever end up because lots of youtubers do this they have like a notes uh, app or something where they just write down ideas when they come to them and then go back do you ever because sometimes i i used to do this i don't do it anymore for some reason for a few reasons but i used to do this and sometimes i would just like read back some ideas and be like wow that that's bad like why did i think of why did i think this would be a good idea yeah yeah i've had that uh quite a bit um right now i'm uh trying to you know i was i just tried to write a script on all the different subdivisions in china like explain yeah. you know their provinces their autonomous regions and their special administrative regions and yeah. uh like if i was just gonna if i was just gonna go by that uh i actually couldn't really figure out a way to make the script more than 100 words long you can always come back to projects like that when you yeah. figure out like yeah. some new thing uh, the next topic was chosen by you, and you just said travel, so I just wrote in the show notes travel question mark, and I guess we're gonna continue on from here somewhere. So, uh, my first question is: uh, Is there a particular reason you chose this? Like, do you like to travel a lot? Um, well, you know, I just kind of chose because. Like, you know, you asked for topics, so I thought, okay, hey, that would be a good one. Uh, just off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I do like to I, I do like to travel, and uh, I do like to travel, you know, to try to help with my videos. I like, go somewhere and make a video about it. Like, have you ever, when you, when you traveled somewhere and you, I don't know, saw the stuff, uh, took videos, pictures, etc., and then came back and did a video about it have you always have you like felt it really helped the video making process that you actually went there and saw it and uh read about it or heard about it from people around and stuff like that um well in terms of uh that um you know i would say a lot of the time yeah uh but mm -hmm. uh like you know sometimes uh you know it does kind of depend on uh, the video topic that I pick, uh, yes. like, you know, just how general is the video topic and like, you know, so if I pick a video that I ended up, uh, 
you know, like I actually, you know, I recently went on a trip throughout Southeast Asia a couple months ago. Uh, I made a video mm-hmm. about, you know, relating to each country I went to. Uh, one of those yes. was Thailand, and so I made a video about how Thailand escaped colonialism. And uh, uh, so I had, I actually ended up like kind of mostly animating it like I normally do. Uh, so like yeah. I just only used like a couple, like I barely used a couple of the stock footage clips I actually shot in Bangkok. Uh, yeah. So. So like you know, think you know, videos like that where I could have made it without having gone to Thailand, but yeah. Uh, I I actually had the same problem with a couple of things where I went and did a video either about something that was close to where I lived, so I could actually like go and take footage, or just somewhere I traveled to. And what I found out is that it's utterly pointless at least in my case to go somewhere and take footage or just learn about the area if i don't know the script of the video beforehand yeah because like i don't know where the script is gonna go i don't know how the script is gonna flow that rhymed and i didn't want it to and i also have uh, no idea what kind of stock footage i will need during certain passages yeah and therefore just going there beforehand and taking pictures of whatever and doing videos of whatever isn't actually helpful so now when i do it what i actually do is always have the script ready beforehand so i know what i'm going to talk about and i have some kind of an idea of what i want to get what kind of stock footage i want to get or what i want to look at to get some more of an idea so i can translate that into the script yeah stuff like that yeah and you know something i actually uh really wanted to uh make a video about it, but you know that you know all that kind of happens to it um mm-hmm. a, a long time ago i really wanted to make a video about uh this railway tunnel called the marmarai in istanbul which you know technically is the uh like the first underwater uh intercontinental uh rail tunnel uh because, you know, it goes between the European and Asian sides of Istanbul. Uh, yeah. So, you know, kind of cheating, but still. Uh, <laughs> you know, so kind of like precursor to the Alaska-Hawaii tunnel. I mean, no, Alaska-Russia tunnel. That would be a long tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, didn't go there with a script in mind at, you know, or anything like that. I basically just... Uh, shot a bunch of footage of the Marmarai trains uh, and you know when I uh, went there last summer for an overnight layover and then you know uh, I went there and yeah uh, I ended up never making that video so yeah. Uh, You said you like to travel and and as you mentioned you traveled like you already mentioned many places you traveled to so uh, I'm guessing you're a well-traveled person. There's two questions in this. Is there any specific place you would want to revisit? Like somewhere you've already been, but you want to go back? And then there, wh- what is the place you would like to uh, visit the most currently? Like where would you like to go? So there's like two questions there. Yeah. Um, well, there are multiple places there, uh, where I would like to go back to. Um, yeah. I think... Um, 
think I'll go with uh, four cities I've been to that I would like to go back to, uh, probably the most. Yeah. Uh, London, Istanbul, Hong Kong, and Sydney. And what is what is so special about like each city? Why why would you like to revisit each city? Because of, like sometimes, especially when I travel somewhere, sometimes I go somewhere. I see the stuff and I leave and I'm like, oh, that was like, I'm I'm happy I visited the thing, the city, and I saw the stuff, but I don't really feel the need to come back. Like I already saw it. So what is what is specific about these cities? I do definitely get that a lot with uh, some of the uh, you know some places yeah. I visited. Um, but yeah, Lon- London was you know a really cool city. Uh, mm-hmm. I also really liked the like seeing kind of the modern side of uh, the modern side of everything like in the Dockwinds mm-hmm. and all that uh, yeah Istanbul I would like to go back to because I only spend a night there uh, oh yeah that, that that makes sense then yeah you haven't seen much of it that's nowhere near enough time to uh, actually you know experience you know just Istanbul let alone Turkey uh, yeah and uh, Hong Kong uh I had a really fun time there. Uh, you know, it's a really cool city. Unfortunately, it's probably I probably won't don't want to schedule any flights there anytime, like right now with all the protests going on. True. Yes. Um. And uh, I think uh, I think Sydney, like or like just in general, Australia would be fun to go back to. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a fun time in Sydney, uh, though mostly hanging out with my friend Jade from Up and Adam, uh, another YouTube channel. Yeah, for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, over in the STEM field. And uh, I guess okay, so you answered my first part of the question. Uh, what is a place you haven't been to and you would like to visit? Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I think. I think at this point, uh, Italy would be a really good place for me to go to, because um, mm-hmm. you know when I was you know like throughout middle school, I uh, developed a big played a lot of Assassin's Creed. What? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> like I, I I developed like a kind of obsession with ancient Rome, so I really wanted oh. to go to Rome. Uh, so you know, but I ended up you know I never so far I've never ended up going. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's definitely a place I really should go to at this point. Um, I'd also really, I'd also really like to go to a lot of places in the Middle East, uh, like the Persian Gulf and all that. Uh, I really like to go to places like uh, Lebanon, Qatar, the Emirates, uh, and places like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I I feel like. Well, first of all, uh, almost every person or historian at some point had a healthy obsession with uh, Rome. Yeah. I feel like it was everyone who likes history at some point were like, wow, this ancient Rome thing is very interesting. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, when, you know, the more and more I think about it, the more, you know, at least nowadays, the more and more I think about ancient Rome, the more I realize that uh like you know they were interesting it was really cool civilization definitely really cool to study really interesting culture and all that um but in terms of like play like if you were to travel back in time to live somewhere in history um it 
uh, Rome would actually probably not be that good of a place to live. Well, I feel like you can say that at any point in history. Yeah. Like, compared to, compared to our living standards now, I don't think I would want to go and live at any point in human history anywhere. Yeah, no. Uh, and, hell, I mean, you know, I mean, I would probably also say that about, like, 2006. I mean, you know, <laughs> our standards of living are already so much better than, like, 10 years ago. I feel like you would love Greece as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Spain would also be really nice, especially because I actually know Spanish. Damn it, how many languages do you speak? English, German, Spanish, and I'm learning Turkish. Is it all just from, like, learning, uh, like, yourself, or did you actually, like, grow up lear- knowing more languages than just English? Well, Spanish was actually pretty interesting because, uh, you know, I actually didn't grow up uh, learning other languages. I grew up mm-hmm. actually very monolingual, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've always had kind of an interest in you know, the world and world languages. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, in my school, you know, my middle and high school, I, uh, it was, of course, you know, like basically everywhere in the country, uh, we were required to take a minimum of two years of a foreign language. And yes. unfortunately, my, uh, all my, all my six, 600 day, uh, Duolingo streaks didn't count for any of that, <laughs> so uh, I had to take one of the classes there. Uh, now they had a German class when I was in like sixth and seventh grade, but I I was just a bad student, so I didn't really get anything about that. Uh, yeah. But then, uh, you know, when I was a little bit older, you know, when I was starting high school, uh, you know, I decided. Then there were only two language classes. There was Spanish and there was Japanese. So I decided mm-hmm. to take Spanish uh, because, uh, you know, it was easy. Uh, you know, pro- I figured probably pretty useful. And also uh, I already knew a little bit of a little bit of Italian. Uh, yes. So that perhaps I would translate easily. Pun slightly intended. Uh, and... Uh, but then, you know, by the second year, I, I realized just how useful knowing Spanish, uh, knowing Spanish can be in the U.S. Especially in the Americas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, even up in a place like uh, Portland, Oregon, which is, like, like 120% white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, even then, uh, Spanish is actually very useful language to, like, know how to speak. So mm-hmm. by then I just decided to keep going and I actually ended up doing four years of Spanish. Spanish, yeah, as you said, Spanish is very helpful in America because everyone speaks Spanish. Outside of like US and Canada, like south of US and Canada, it's all Spanish except like a couple of islands and Brazil. Yeah, uh, and they speak a similar language anyway. Yeah, and Brazil speaks Portuguese, which is a Latin-based language, so yeah. if you know Spanish, you can kind of pick up certain words. The funny thing is, though, I've actually, uh, you know, not only have I never been to Spain, I've actually never been to a Spanish-speaking country in general. And yet you speak Spanish. Yeah. Like, whenever I listen to a native Spanish speaker, I always have a lot of trouble understanding them. 
but when I listen to like a native English speaker speaking Spanish, I can understand them perfectly. Yeah. You won't have people just talking really fast. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out what, what word was said three words before the one they're on right now. Yeah, they're not always <laughs> off talking like as fast as I talk in some of my older videos. Have you? Did you talk faster in your older videos or? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, people have been talking to me a lot about uh, like how I talk uh, quite fast in a lot of my videos. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've been you know I've been getting better about that. Like I've been uh, practicing. I've been practicing to start talking a lot more like this at a mo at a much more mellow pace, rather than like this, just kind of just like throwing everything in there all at once and just hoping it works yeah <laughs> yeah definitely i don't know uh people tell me i talk quickly too but i think it's more the problem comes from the fact that when you talk quickly you don't enunciate all yeah. the letters you should and i feel like you can talk quickly as long as you enunciate the words properly yeah so like as long as you talk and, clearly uh then yes. you know you can still talk quickly uh, yes, like, yes. Like Jack the problem Rackham. is it's hard to do. Yeah, like Jack Rackham. Oh, you know, Jack talks, Rackham is very good at this. Yeah, he talks really yeah. fast, but he is, like, you know, at least compared to me, he's really good at enunciating. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that's that's the main thing to look at, like, enunciation, not necessarily the speed of your, uh, the way you're talking. Which, in a way, is a great example of how marketing works. Because a lot of times when you try to market something and you try to figure out why certain people like something and they don't like the other thing, they will tell you a reason that isn't really the reason. So uh, this this is a great example of it. Like people tell you like they don't like your video because you talk quickly, but actually the problem is the enunciation. Yeah, uh, it's just the speed is uh, related to it, but. Uh, um, but you have to like as a per as a as a person who's tr who has a business. Let's say YouTube's a business. You have to figure out the connection between those things, uh, and you learn this in marketing class a lot uh, of how to like figure out uh, what people actually mean because it's really hard for people, especially uh, when you're like doing panels and stuff. Uh, it's really hard for people to describe why they don't like a certain thing or why they like another thing. And so, you have to be there, kind of the mediator, being like, okay, this is the reason. Let's say I am a dean of a prestigious university. Uh, I don't know, pick one. Oxford, Harvard, whatever. Uh, o o Oxhard. Oxhard, oh god. Emily's oh, University. <laughs> just What? Let, screw it, let's just say, let's just say Emily's University. Let's just yes, say that's a prestigious university. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's it's higher than Ivy League. It's just the, the the top of the the top of the top, best university in the world, Emory University. And I'm like, okay, I have a full scholarship for you to go to Emory University starting in September. You can pick whatever to study. What would it be? And you have to go. Um. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like. You know what would I like to major in? Um, Basically, but like this is kind of <laughs> this is kind of like you have to pick. You cannot be like, oh well, I don't know. I I guess I just won't go or something. <laughs> yeah, 
or like I can't just switch majors uh, yeah. in the middle of the yeah. term. Like, yeah, you like know. you cannot be like, I'll just do a general major and then just decide later on. No, like you have to pick right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no pressure. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I guess I would, uh, uh, at this point in my life, I guess I would pick something that really, that would really benefit uh, uh, my stuff on YouTube. So something mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, like, you know, in the social studies realm, uh, or something like, uh, geopolitics or, like, international relations, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, something on world cultures and stuff like that. Yeah, that could, that could be def- definitely a good choice. As a dean of Malaysia University, I will allow it. <laughs> now <laughs> to just make that university and find your scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we talked about travel. So we might as well continue on to the next topic, which is uh, YouTube educational sphere in general. We talked about this a little. Yeah. uh, And would you, I guess that's another thing you kind of were like, oh, this would be an interesting topic. Yeah, Do you have anything specific you would like to say about it like why you thought of this topic as a topic to talk about i don't know i guess uh just uh you know i just thought it'd be like a good topic especially like mm-hmm. you know talking about the youtube educational sphere like as a whole like not just the history community but yeah yeah they're like separate circles of the educational community on youtube so you have you have the stem channels which very much have like their own thing yeah and well and yeah the educational community kind of is their thing yeah well educational community is kind of the stem channels mostly very yeah. largely uh that talk about uh science biology i guess i would count math a bit separate from the science because you have like chemistry biology uh physics general science channels and then you have like math channels some of which are like really hardcore math channels where they like go deep into calculations and stuff like that and i cannot think of popular others stem channels that do that that really go deep into like biology or chemistry of something how uh, how certain math channels do uh, so, there there are definitely a few but yeah 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 but like i feel like math is more prominent in this genre like there are definitely some just hardcore math channels where when they like do mathematical proofs and i'm just like i don't know anything of the, i don't know what's happening here but uh maybe math that's why i said maybe math will be separate but still uh out there but that's like an entire stem field and I, I feel like another grouping of educational channels on YouTube would be a grouping where I would be kind of maybe reluctant to call them educational channels and I call them the interesting facts channels. Oh yeah. And yeah. This is like the the very mainstream channels that make videos in a way like you feel like an algorithm picked it. Like algorithm just picks a topic every week, what to do a video about, and then oh, they yeah. just have like this, yeah, very so, so like, samey. So yeah. like not even like uh, 
So like not even like channels like Matthew Santora, but like channels yeah. like like more in the realm of like five minute crafts or whatever that channel is. Yeah, yeah, basically more in like the realm like uh, uh, <laughs> algorithm is like this this thing is hot right now. People are searching it. If we make a video, we can get like a million views on it, and then they have like this basic animation style they always repeat in every video. Yeah, and they they just and just go, and it's just. It's not why I don't call it educational. It's because it always talks about like science, history, or whatever. But it's always like one specific story or one specific thing, which doesn't really help in general. Like develop help you develop skills towards being a good biologist or a scientist or a historian. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, part of you know part of you know doing all that is like it's not just learning a lot of cool fun facts you know as fun yeah. as that may be but it's yeah. it's also like learning to think a certain way like being able to think in a, like a kind of certain way yes like yes, you don't exactly ju- like you don't just know uh like how to tell apart a crocodile from from an alligator but you know how to think like a biologist uh you don't just know how to calculate the rate of a ball rolling down a hill you learn how to think like a physicist like that sort of yes. stuff yes exactly something like, i imagine like, a spe- you know something well, i imagine would be especially important in like social studies yes exactly and 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 these channels don't really give you that it's more of a fun fact channel that's why i don't know if i want to group them in the educational sphere but uh they very much do get grouped in the educational sphere by the broader public yeah that's why Although, you know, we shouldn't be resting on our laurels too much because, you know, a lot of us, you know, myself included, kind of kind of sort of stray into that sphere, at least with a couple of yes. our videos. Yes, definitely. Yeah, like, as I said before, you definitely think about videos in a way like what's going to be popular. But yeah. I feel like what's different about these channels, like, even when you do a video about what's going to be popular, it's still... For lack of a better word, it doesn't feel like it's made to make money, even though it clearly is. But there's not that, like, corporate structure of their, like, so how many of these can we make in a week? And yeah. stuff like that. It's more of, like, a creation that you put your time into and where it's like, this will be helpful and interesting for people and people can actually like, get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, you know... For my work ethic, there is kind of a kind of corporate underlying <laughs> to a lot of my methods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like you know, it I do uh, like I do try to uh, make the videos like have some sort of like meaning to them. Like mm-hmm. you know, even when they just kind of basically delve into a bunch of fun facts, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they always have you know there is always kind of some sort of like meaning below everything mm-hmm. uh like you know this you know this video has a lot of fun facts about the different people groups of russia but you know the real uh the, you know the real point of the video is to uh kind of emphasize how diverse russia actually is you know just for example yes. uh but so yeah that's a, another educational group uh then we have the historians obviously yeah. And I would actually group the historians together with social studies uh, channels because 
usually their videos overlap a lot and also there's not that many of us to be separated <laughs> so yeah. i feel like and i mean you, you, you know what else would i be doing on this podcast yeah exactly <laughs> so might as well group together the social studies and historians uh so for for uh higher numbers <laughs> And then, uh, what else is there? I guess then there you have edu- very specific kind of educational channels about like uh, specific topics on how to do stuff. Yeah, the how-to channels. Yeah, and I would I would say they're educational, especially depending on some, because there's like how-to channels from I don't know fishing to yeah. programming. And uh, I would count the programming ones very much in an educational sphere. And by that yeah, logic, I feel yeah. like there's no reason why not to count the fishing one in an educational sphere. Yeah. Although, you know, in my opinion, that is kind of a double-edged sword in a little bit. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you know, at Educon, uh, YouTube likes to, you know, because now YouTube runs the thing. Uh, uh, so now okay. they, they started off with this whole big like celebratory you know general youtube this generic youtube style montage uh so they like to have this video you know out you know to celebrate the educational community uh is it something like the youtube educational rewind kind of uh you know so you know just a nice gesture you know i always appreciate it but you know it's always marketed as like you know youtube taught me this like youtube taught me how to do this so, mm-hmm. but it's like basically all the videos they list are just how-to videos. Like, you know, it's all like yeah. how to play the piano or uh, how to uh, how to properly uh, cut up a salmon or something like that. Like, it's never uh, like, uh, uh, you know... Uh, how to uh, write and, a proper essay, I don't yeah. know. Well, you know, you know, like that stuff. Like, it's never, like, you know, it hasn't really been like... Uh, uh, wow! Thanks to Actual YouTube. Education. You know, thanks to uh, this Slovakian guy on YouTube, I now know the history of uh, the East Slav countries. Uh, thanks to yeah. this young Australian woman on YouTube, I now know how the Schrodinger equation works. Uh, yeah. Thanks to this weirdo in a pharaoh hat on YouTube, I now know some interesting <laughs> facts about Hong Kong. I guess that yeah, I guess that could be very annoying. I never thought of that that way. Yeah. But again, I still think they should be counted as educational channels just in a different sphere sphere of educational yeah because in the end you're still learning stuff from them yeah that is true so i don't know and and also i i get why youtube does it because i bet how-to channels are much more uh, profitable or important for youtube than our educational ones especially because youtube is currently the second largest search engine in the world right after google yeah. So people oftentimes go to YouTube with just questions on how does this work? How to do this? Yeah. Can I do that? Just whatever people type into Google, lots of people go that way to YouTube. And I and YouTube wants to have those videos for those people to be answering those questions. Yeah. And I mean I guess and there I feel like there is kind of a why. subcategory of that in a sense, yeah. kind of uh, like on just how things work like Jared Owen's videos on uh, how, like, just dissecting different things and how they work yeah. with cool little 3D animations or Wendover mm-hmm. productions with, like, how overnight shipping really works and stuff like that. And to an extent, that is, you know, I do a couple videos on that here and there. 
Yeah, well, that's why that's why when I talk about the educational sphere, I talk about different circles of it because there are different circles of it. Yeah. And it just depends on how we want to define the parameters and we want to divide it up. Uh, but overall, again, it's still very, it's still a niche, uh, in the end, a niche part of YouTube compared to like vloggers and video game channels and just entertainment in general. general. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess with that, the question would be, would there, is there like a future for educational channels uh, on YouTube? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I should, would. Should it, should it be should it be that all of this is on one platform? Wouldn't it be better divided? Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I actually, you know, I've been on YouTube a long time, and uh, mm -hmm. I I actually, you know, I do acknowledge that YouTube has a lot of flaws. That's for sure. But I think YouTube actually. Uh, you know, aside from, you know, the flaws here and there, you know, demonetization and all that, YouTube isn't actually that bad. They're actually a pretty good place to host mm -hmm. your videos. I mean, have you ever heard of a Vimeo Space Studios? <laughs> I heard of Vimeo. I don't know what a Vimeo Space Studios is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, basically the point is uh, YouTube has studios that anyone yeah. with over 10,000 subscribers can uh, book for free and really you know, yeah there's even I never one knew that big... I always thought you had to be like a big shot 10,000 subscribers is kind of big shot but you know uh, okay I guess yeah not, not in my head not in many youtubers head I guess yeah but like uh, you know they're you know they have YouTube spaces all around the world and you know there's even one here in Berlin Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 so i guess yeah for that they're trying to help definitely well it would be crazy from them not to try to help yeah like, it's their business and they want to grow it so they want to try to promote creation on it as much as they can yeah you don't uh, but you don't really hear that much from like vimeo or uh daily motion or anything like that yeah i i guess my my point was playing more of a devil's advocate being like if it would be better for us to actually be on a platform where people would go with the idea of I want to watch some educational videos so I'm gonna go there rather than try to find them on YouTube where there's just this mess of everything you know you see a lot of people doing that with you know like Facebook and Instagram and well I mean hell this is going to go up on on SoundCloud so uh, but you know, I guess uh, you know, for me personally, at the current at the current moment, at least, I actually kind of have a lot of incentive. Like personally, I kind of have a lot of incentive to uh, you to know, stay on yeah, to stay on YouTube to kind of be nice to YouTube. Uh, like for one, I have you know, I I have about fifty thousand subscribers, but I. Uh, have about like 600 followers on Instagram and 450 on Twitter so mm -hmm. I don't really go anywhere else mm -hmm. uh, I thought you were going to say I have stock in YouTube at one <laughs> yeah 
Uh, <laughs> well, in terms of subscribers, I kind of do, but... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, and money as well, because, uh, I guess, because, you know, ad revenue and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sponsorships, because I've actually decided that, at least, you know, at the current moment, I would actually rather not have my Instagram posts be sponsored. Like, I'd rather just keep that on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, with the AdSense thing, uh, I I do realize that this is, you know, not something other educational channels, especially history and social studies channels, can really uh, boast. But, you know, I've actually had the good fortune of not really having uh, many of my videos get demonetized. Like, it's actually... Yes. Very- like it's actually quite rare that a video of mine gets demonetized, which I'm very thankful for. Like besides uh, the whole demonetization thing, like is there really anything about uh, YouTube that's like, uh, like you know, not really all that great? You know, aside from just keeping all our eggs in one basket. Uh, like to me, is there is there like really any reason to like try to uh, keep one foot out of YouTube. Be like YouTube sucks. I guess in general, it's a it's always good to have a uh, diversified portfolio. Yeah. As it as it was. Yeah. So, in general, I wouldn't recommend anyone to be just solely invested into YouTube. Yeah. And like try to like have other uh, avenues of revenue and uh doing stuff because you know it's just one company and you never know what can happen yeah but if we go if we go purely from the route that like we don't expect the market to crash or anything crazy to happen uh and just look at youtube solely as it is right now i don't think outside of the demonetization that they're doing that bad of a job no no like, I mean, obviously it's, it's you know, it would yeah. be great to have, you know, not all, all not all your eggs in one basket. Like, you know, because yeah. if something happens to YouTube and my channel goes down with it, I'm basically screwed. That, that's what I mean. Like, it's all, it's like any investor would say, like, you, you always want to diversify your investments. Yeah. And, and that goes to any kind of investments, uh, including like your time investments, which YouTube very much so is a time and work investment yeah yeah like you know, youtube is very much a job so that's why but currently i can yeah i don't think youtube is doing a good job uh, especially they have a lot of power behind them that's that's what's good about youtube they can attract a lot of big named companies for advertisement mm-hmm. and i feel like that is their power uh to attract like creators on there and that is why they have stayed the number one video platform for so long and that is why i don't see any uh kind of other video platform taking off honestly i know there's like there there has been one big one which got like a couple of big names to post videos on there recently like earlier this year or something i can't remember what the platform was named but it was like it was an educational one it was like just mainly educational videos and I think they had like Veritasium and other educational channels on there, like that posted videos, and maybe still are. I don't know, but I just don't see them that kind of surpassing YouTube 
yeah. even if they're just focusing on educational sphere. And even though I was arguing against YouTube just for uh, to be a devil's advocate, as you said, I, I don't see most people leaving purely due to the fact that YouTube has all the money yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Well, you know, Twitch is getting a competitor with that Microsoft service getting Ninja. So. Oh, jeez. Wow. I, I completely forgot about Twitch. Wow. Yeah. Well, but yeah, educational content cannot be on Twitch, so yeah. I don't feel like... But yeah, I don't think I don't think educational sphere educational videos. That's that's Twitch isn't the the medium for educational videos. But it is a good example of how a market can uh, switch because a lot of I don't know if you watch uh, video game YouTubers a lot, but a lot of video game YouTubers I watched back in the day, like in 2012 or 2013 are now all on Twitch. Like, yeah, yes, some yeah. of them still have their YouTube accounts and still post, like, edited-down videos, but most of their time is now just spent on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And I guess that is a good example of how a certain aspect of YouTube got kind of... not defeated, but, like, got taken over by another company. Yeah. By Twitch. So I, I guess that could also happen for the educational sphere if something really good comes along. You don't know. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, oh, and this is like last good question, I think. Uh, do you think currently, as we stand, the YouTube educational sphere has become saturated? Like how so? Like uh, saturated as in there's there's too much supply for not enough demand like people the people that demand educational videos are already satisfied by the supply yet we keep uh, having these new educational channels popping up um i don't know that that is a really interesting question um i think my my honest opinion is yes, actually, which is usually the opposite of what most people say. But I genuinely think that as it currently stands, uh, the, the market is saturated for educational videos on YouTube. And there is just too much supply for how much demand there is for educational videos and for especially time consumed. Because uh, when it comes to educational videos, it's mostly time that you're trying to get from your viewers they have a certain amount of time in a day that they can watch educational videos and you're trying to compete with other educational youtubers for that time and i just don't think combined to for combined time for all the viewers to watch educational videos i don't think there is enough of that for how many educational videos are being created yeah maybe have like a educational video market crash or something oh boy yeah that i have no idea how that would play out or how that would even work but i yeah it's just it's just a thing to think about because i really think that's a that's a thing where if not if, if they're not there we're definitely coming close to that mark because there's just so many educational videos right now and as we did, said many times it's a niche subject so we cannot expect to have as high numbers as i think uh, popular mainstream channels can that don't do educational. 
uh, to yeah. the stuff. And yeah, and uh, it's just something because because if if the supply is too high, uh, and the demand is uh, lower than the supply, then our overall income's gonna be lower because just the attention of the people is divided between many more channels than is sustainable. So everybody's still gonna be making money. It's just no one's gonna be making a lot of money or enough to be let's say full-time youtuber anymore because it did all the money that's in it is just gonna be so much divided yeah not to not to end on a depressing note i guess <laughs> <laughs> so goodbye oh and thank you to four canubis for being my guest today yeah thanks for having me any last words you would like to say <laughs> any last words like i'm gonna kill you or something uh well hopefully not but <laughs> yeah you know, reminder my channel is uh Canubis, like the Egyptian god Anubis, but with a KH before it. Uh, so yeah, just uh, uh, you can go over there and uh, subscribe, and you can learn all about uh, history and geography and geopolitics. And uh, if you wanna, some if you wanna, uh, and if you wanna support me, just in case of uh, the YouTube apocalypse and <laughs> YouTube just suddenly goes down, uh, you can also. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Canubis, which uh, if something happens to my YouTube channel, then that's probably where I'll just start posting educational content. Probably on Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, sounds good. Well, not the apocalypse part, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that, go that's check not out his channel. Good, but yeah, and you can also go check out mine and Mlazer. And if you want this podcast three days earlier before everyone, you can support me on Patreon. Thank you all, and talk to you next time.